But today we have a very special treat for you. Somebody say, Love Church. Go local. So we love local stuff around here, right? We are in Asheville, the home of going local. You've probably seen something like this around town, right? Uh, Love Asheville, buy local. If you haven't seen this, uh, you probably eat at McDonald's like a little too much. Have our prayer team up at the end just for you. But... Uh, we, we love uh, local stuff around here, and, you know, even, even greater than any of our love for our local thing is uh, our collective love for the local church. Anybody with me on that? We love the church. It's Jesus's bride. We are excited about what happens in church. And I'm not just talking about coming together for worship, which is incredible. I'm not just talking about receiving an incredible word, having your kids taken care of and ministered to. I'm talking about church is where heaven intersects the earth. Church is where people are introduced to a real relationship with Jesus on a regular basis. Church is where brokenness is restored, hope is received. Church is where all of this happens. And you know, I think it's so easy. I think it's so easy to get trapped in the cycle of hearing all the crazy news out in the world and to just get sucked into all that. But I say this, this is the day for the church to rise, to shine brighter than ever before. What better time than right now when the world feels so full of chaos and pain, amen? So we love our church. I love my church. Somebody say that. I love my church. So we're going to talk about that today. We've got five incredible folks here that are going to share their heart, their passion uh, about the local church. So help me welcome them this morning. How are we doing today? Well, my name is Zeus Ramirez. I'm 25 years old, and I've been attending the Rock Church for 10 years And I'm just so blessed to be planted in the house of God that loves the next generation. If you believe that, say amen with me. So today, I want to talk to you about why I'm passionate for young adults getting planted in the house of God. But before that, I want to ask you a question. Why aren't they? Why aren't young adults getting plugged into the house of God? And as I was researching this, I looked at Barna, an organization very accredited. They do service across um, the United States. They had six reasons. I'm going to tell you five because of time. Reason number one, church is overprotective. Reason number two, church, Christianity is shallow. Reason number three is the church is ignorant towards science and technology. Reason number four is the church doesn't give me freedom with my sexuality. And reason number five, the church is closed-minded to others. Why are young adults leaving the church? We see our society now and, and we see that there's something missing. And why I'm passionate about young adults getting plugged into the house of God is we have forgotten one thing. I have forgotten one thing. We have all forgotten one thing, and that is purpose. 
purpose. See, all those reasons are merely superficial. They're reasons why we don't like something, why we don't go to McDonald's, because it's just superficial ideas. But purpose is an issue of the heart. It's an issue that every man, every woman struggles with when we lay at night. What is my purpose? And that is why I'm passionate for the next generation, to remind them of their purpose, to remind them to dream again. We see the fruits of our generation in a purposeless society. We see, we stand for political campaigns. We stand for riots with no purpose. We stand for social media just liking a button but gives us no purpose, no meaning. And we fall under the mirage of, oh, my purpose is found in my job and my career and then it's found in my spouse and then it's found in raising my children and then it's found in retiring. And then we come to the autumn of our life realizing that we are unfulfilled that we have wasted our time and wasted our life. And I wanna remind you today, young adult, old adult, teenager, you have a God-given purpose, a God-given assignment, and God can use you in a mighty way to change this world, to change the local church forever. If you believe this, say amen. Purpose, purpose. I wanna give you the definition of purpose. Purpose is the reason why something is done or used. The aim or intention of something, the feeling of being determined to do so or achieve something. The reason why something is done or used. See, I believe that all life is meaningful. That every one of us was designed in God's heart, in his mind, with a special gift, a special grace that God's going to use in this world, in the local church, in Asheville, in the United States, around the world to bless others. We forget that. And you know, I've forgotten that. I remember being a teenager and the mystical and uh, just drawing of, you know, sin and just fun. And I remember I, I went to that. I said, maybe this is life. It's just having fun. I did it under the label of grace. God's grace covers me. But you know, grace without truth is not Jesus. The Bible says he was full of grace and truth. And I found out that that is not life. I ended up shallow. I ended up hurt. I hurt others. And soon it was somebody to remind me that I have a purpose to fulfill on this earth. And I want to remind you today, however, however old or young you are, you have a purpose. Your time is not up. You can still change this world through the local church. The church is the only hope that this world has. I want to leave you with a quote by Pablo Picasso. And it says this, the meaning of life is to find your gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. To give it away. And I can't think of a greater organization, I can't think of a greater call than Jesus and the local church. Because, you know, a political campaign, a law, rules and regulation doesn't change the heart of a man. But it is Jesus who came to set the captives free, to bring uh, the eyes of the uh, blind, to raise the dead back to life. I'm going to challenge you today. What is your purpose? The local church is all of our purpose. We have gifts and grace to build the kingdom. It makes me think of King David. At the end of Samuel, it says, King David died, 
fulfilling a purpose in his generation. I want to know today that you and I, us, we can fulfill a purpose in this world. Thank you, church. Wow, that was a great word, Zeus. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Teresa Clark, and I'm our children's ministry director here at The Rock. And it really has been my honor and privilege to be able to lead our amazing Kids Rock team each and every week over the past four years. But if I'm going to be honest, I have to say my favorite job and my favorite title is that I have a little boy who calls me mom. I am mom to the most adorable, sweet, and feisty little boy named Hudson. He's actually affectionately known around the offices as King Hudson, and that has gone to his head quite a bit, but we're working on it. Um, but now that adorable little boy is only 17 months old, so I can clearly say I am not a parenting expert. I do not have the answers, and I would never pretend to have them all. But there is one thing that I know deep in my soul that's true and vital for us to do for our kids as parents. And that is we need to invite our kids into the story that God's writing in our lives and on the journey and teach them how to live a Christ-first life. Now, you know, God's writing a story in all of us. All of our journeys look different, but as followers of Christ, we're all called to do some of the same things. We're called to lay down our life and follow him. We're called to serve, to give, to be the church, and to do something great for his kingdom. And even though it looks different in every season and for each one of us, those things don't change when we have kids. Sometimes we think, I've got a kid now, so I get to pause all of that, and I get to focus solely on this precious little gift that God has given me. Or we somehow think that we become disqualified from being able to do anything for God because we have these kids. And both of those things aren't correct. God has actually entrusted us with these precious, precious gifts and has told us to raise up a mighty man and a mighty woman of God so that he can do something great in the next generation. And in Proverbs 22.6, he actually tells us to train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. Well, that verse isn't saying train up a well-behaved, good Christian kid. What that verse is actually saying is raise up a kid who knows how to live a Christ-first life. And the only way we can actually do that is if we lead them by example and model it with our own lives as parents. And we have to step up and we have to teach them that our kids are not the center of the world and we need to teach them that instead of them being the center, that Christ is the center and everything falls behind that and falls in line behind that. Now I know, personally, that's easier said than done. Kids are complicated, they are, and they don't always wanna go along for the journey. And you might actually think, well, you're on staff, so this is easy for you. You get a paycheck here, of course you bring your son with you. But to be really honest with you, when I was pregnant with Hudson, I struggled with this concept completely. I worried about how we would get him into our life and make sure he knew he was a priority, made sure that his needs were met, that he was loved, and more importantly, I wanted to make sure that he wouldn't resent us or resent God because he was in church so much. And so I worried excessively and cried quite a bit. You can ask my husband, Justin, and anyone around here, they know. And after a while, I realized I just had to stop and I had to make a choice. I had to choose to either pause the calling and the journey that God had me on, or I had to continue on that journey, invite Hudson into it, and trust that God was going to step in and fill in 
in when I just wasn't enough to meet all those needs because I know I'm not enough for him. And do you know what has happened? Every single time I could tell you, God has stepped up. He's met my needs. He's met Justin's needs. He's met Hudson needs beyond anything I could have even imagined. And it is beautiful to me what has happened. And because of that, we have a couple things happening. We now have this giant tribe of people around us who support us, who love us, who pray for us, who love Hudson as if he was their own child. And because of those things, he has such a love for God and for this house, even at 17 months old. And it just makes my heart smile to see that. And that's because we've kept him rooted and planted in this house. But the most important thing that's happened is that I know we've planted a seed deep within his soul that says, this is how you live a Christ first life. This is how you do it. And I know that every time we show up, even on the days when it's hard, because believe me, there are hard days. This morning was a hard day. There isn't a lot of sleep at night sometimes, and we would much rather stay home in our pajamas, cuddle up and watch some TV. If we're all gonna be honest, we'd, we'd rather do that some days, but I know if I choose to get up and come to church, to show up for another prayer meeting, for a servolution, for a starting point, for anything, just knowing that we've shown up, I know that we're watering that seed that we've planted deep in his soul. And those roots are gonna grow deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger inside of him until one day when he has to choose for himself how he's gonna live his life, if it's gonna live for Christ or if it's gonna go another way. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he will choose to put Christ first and to live that life because one, he loves it and it's ingrained inside of him and two, because we have modeled it for him and he doesn't know any better, honestly. Um, so. I, and it makes me so happy to think about that. So I really want to say to all of my parents out there, even people who want to be parents one day, remember this. Do not disqualify yourself from doing something for God just because you have kids. Instead, I really challenge you to invite your kids into the story and then trust that God's gonna step in and fill in the gaps when you're just not enough to make everything happen. I promise you, you won't regret it and you will just be moved by the things that you will see happen in your child's life. Thank you, guys. Awesome, Teresa. Good morning again, everybody. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Michael Bolser. Um, I have been here at the Rock Church since November of 1990. I think Zeus looked like Hudson when I started. Um, I just thought about that. Um, he wasn't born yet, he says. Great. Okay, and I've been, and I've been on staff since 2007. So I've been here a while. Uh, my official job title here at the church is Director of Operations and Finance, which uh, has a wide variety, a pretty wide variety of responsibilities. Uh, one of those was not on my job description, was public speaking. But yet here I am. So anyway, so this morning I want to share with you uh, about three things. I want to share with you about gift, purpose, which Zeus mentioned, and passion. Uh, God has given me a gift of administration. I am able to organize things, prioritize things, and get them done. That is, you know, that is my gift. Uh, I've been doing that for a long time. I did it in the corporate world for 15 years before I came on staff here at the church. Uh, but anybody who knew me back then would know that was not fulfilling for me. I was miserable. Um, it was when I started using my gift here at the church, even before being on staff as a volunteer, uh, that I found a purpose uh, for that gift. Um, I was able to use it to help around the church volunteering and other uh, aspects. Um, uh, 
It was when I allowed that gift to connect with that purpose here in the local church uh, that God revealed to me my passion. So my passion, uh, as a lot of people around here who've been around a while know, my passion is global missions and local outreach and getting people involved in those aspects because I know when I did, that's when my passion uh, was really ignited. So over the last 27 years, the Rock Church has sent over 500 people, 260 unique individuals on 53 teams to 20 nations. That, that is the power of a local church family with gifts, purpose, and passion. Um, it's so amazing and fulfilling to me when I get to see people go for the first time or go and then they, they can't stop going it can, <laughs> on these trips or reaching into the community at Trinity Place or uh, Community Kitchen, all the places that we serve, Rescue Mission. Um, but one of those people is Dilcia Gamero. So Dilcia has... This is, this is actually Dilcia last, this past week when we were serving uh, with the Dream Center in Atlanta. But Dilcia has been in our church since 2009. She got saved here in April of 2009, baptized, plugged herself in, got rooted, started serving. Um, and in 2012, she actually joined us on one of our trips to Nicaragua, which happens to be Dilcia's home country. She wanted to go down there and see what we were doing in her country. So she, down there, she found a passion for her purpose in life, and that was to reach her own people. Uh, she's also gone to Romania with us, South Africa with us, and then this past week she's serving here in the United States with us in Atlanta, uh, helping with our interns that went down there. Um, so it's when someone's passion gets connected that we're able to exponentially have an impact in our world uh, when it's all of us together serving. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this. It says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who works or waters work together at the same, with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. So it doesn't matter whether you're in kids' ministry, youth ministry, care ministries. It's when you find your gift, attach it to a purpose, and find your passion that we're able to work together for the glory of God. Um, so in closing, I just want you all to, to do this one thing with me. I want you to imagine if every single person in this room, every one of us who's part of the Rock Church, were to take their gift, attach it to this purpose, and find their passion. What impact could we make from there? Awesome, good stuff, Michael, good stuff. Well, good morning, church. My name is Jeremiah Fisher. I am the student ministries director here at the Rock Church. I have been coming to the Rock Church since Easter Sunday, 2011. What a day it was that it changed my life completely. So I grew up in Indiana. I went to church all my life. My parents were divorced when I was two years old. And I'm thankful that, that I get the chance to be in a house that loves the next generation. Just like Zeus said earlier, we love the next generation here. And so my parents, they were divorced, but they always went to church. They forced me to always go to church as well. And I'm thankful for that because, like Teresa said, Proverbs 22, 6, where it says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will never leave it. And this is true about me 
sort of. So, you know, again, my parents were divorced, but uh, they never forced me to go to church on Wednesday nights with our youth ministries. And I always had a, an excuse not to go. I played sports in high school, so I always had practice or I had a game. I had school, had work. I had, I had all excuses in the world. But the one thing, the only reason why I didn't want to go was because I was shy. I was shy. I didn't care. I wasn't passionate about church. I didn't want to go. And so I chose not to go. But there was one Wednesday where I decided, hey, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to see what it's all about. And I loved it. It was awesome. It was amazing. And I kept wanting to come back, and I kept wanting to engage. And I had the chance to create friendships, not only with people of my own age, but also the adult mentors that were serving with our youth at that time. Unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I was somebody completely different at church and at home from who I was at, at, at school. So I was two-faced. And so when I graduated high school and went off to college, I ran away from God. And I did things that I knew weren't right. I, you know, went out partying, drinking, all that kind of different stuff. But I'm thankful that, again, I was involved in church, that my parents forced me to go to church. The Barna Group in 2014 did a survey of young adults in their 20s. And they compared uh, those 20-year-old, you know, the, the 20-somethings that went to church versus the one who didn't go to church over here. And what they found that 59% of 20-somethings continued in their faith because they had a close adult relationship with somebody who was a leader in their youth ministry. And so I'm thankful for those adult relationships that I had, those friendships that I had with my youth leaders. Because when I moved down to North Carolina in 2009 from Indiana, I desired, I was looking for a chance to find a church, to find this church as my home church. And again, it's because my parents were planted in the, church, the local church, and it's because that I created those relationships with my adult mentors. And I think that it is important for our students, for our kids to get planted in the house of God where they can grow their relationship with God, they can learn more about God, and they can learn about things that they battle every single day and how to handle those things. You know, God has created us to be in community to be together, to be one, to be a tribe, to be a unit. And having community, having church, having these ministries for our students gives them a chance to, to have a stability, to have accountability, and to have what is, what, oh, encouragement, accountability, and stability. Those three things, stability, encouragement, and accountability. And so, you know, stability is one of those things that we need as young people, we need stability. We, some of our students, they don't have stability at home. They don't have them at, at school. But here in the house of God, they get that stability that they, they need, that de they desire to grow up to love God and to be passionate about church. They need encouragement. I know for all of us, we go through valleys and we go through, through hard times and we all need encouragement. Our students need encouragement to guide them, to help them, and to, to lift them up when they get down, away, get, when they get hurt. You know, Michael talked about our, our interns going to Atlanta this past week. I love seeing them, you know, encourage not only their peers from our church, but peers from other churches all across the nation. It was so amazing. And they were praying for people, homeless people in Atlanta. It was so amazing because they're planted in church. The last thing, accountability. 
True friends are the ones that keep us accountable, that hold us accountable. You know, I had those close friends, I had those mentors in my life to hold me accountable. And we need to have, we need to give our students those godly perspectives of truth, of righteousness, how to handle the things that they go through every single day. And you know what? I know when I was in high school and middle school, it was bad then. I can guarantee it's worse now than it was for you and me when I was that age, when we were that age. And so my encouragement to you this morning is I want to see the next generation to grow up and to love God for the rest of their lives and to love the church for the rest of their lives. And so I want to see, I encourage every single one of you, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, 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 a grandparent, whether you're just a friend, you're a student in the room to this morning, I want to see you in those services where you can grow your relationship with God, where you can love God, and you can love the church again for the rest of your life. Can we do that, church? Come on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hi, guys. I'm Pastor Ashley also known as Pash, and I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about finding freedom in the house of God. Now, I've been here at the Rock Church for 25 years this year, and on staff for 18. And I say that because I've worn a lot of hats and been a part of a lot of different ministries here in my time here. But there's been one overriding call on my life. And it's from the scripture, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And there's a lot of things here, but ultimately to set captives free. And that has threaded itself into everything that I have put my hands to here at the church. Um, first of all, <laughs> whoa, where am I? <laughs> Sorry, there was a time when I was very involved with video here at the church. I was creating mainly testimony videos, which are stories of life change. Somebody's life is here, they have an experience with Jesus Christ, and now it's here. But my point with making those videos was not for the video's sake, it was for the viewer's sake. So you're watching that video, and you're able to have a moment with that video where you connect with that person, with the life change in their life, and you're able to experience a moment of freedom in your own life, and that's important. Um, there's another thing that I do on a regular basis, and that's counseling. So say that I'm sitting with a couple and they are on the brink of a divorce. Well, my purpose in talking to those people is to have the Holy Spirit operate through me and help them locate their issue that's got them trapped and almost coming apart. And so when he does his thing and he's able to give them a moment of freedom in their life, then they are able to work towards reconciliation and restoration. That's freedom in the house of God. So, <laughs> and another thing that I've done for many, 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 many years is to lead worship here. Now for me, leading worship has never been about just singing songs. It's always about, been about creating an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit and seeing chains break off of people's lives in his presence. And so they come into, the, come into the house of God, they experience the presence of God, they experience his power, they hear his voice, their heart is set free, and they're prepared to receive the word of God that's about to come. That is freedom in the house of God. And the thing that I get to be a part of now on a regular basis, which is so exciting, is Celebrate Recovery every week at 7 o'clock every Monday. <laughs> 
So I love that Celebrate Recovery at its very core is this concept, freedom. It's not about identifying with your issue or your addiction. Yes, there are those things, but you don't find your identity in those. You find your identity in Jesus Christ, and therefore you find freedom in him, and you are set free to become something greater and find hope in him. That's freedom in the house of God, because all of these things are a part of the house of God. But I want to say something. Freedom is not just a moment. It's a process, and you have to be committed to the process for the rest of your life. And unfortunately, I've seen people get trapped off and lose their freedom in Jesus, and that breaks my heart. And there's a scripture. I just want you to write down this scripture verse and come go back and look at it. I'm just going to tell you this story. So there is an evil spirit that is driven out of somebody's life, or an issue, driven out of this person's life. It goes, and it tries to find rest, tries to find another host, and it can't find it. So it figures, you know, I'm going to go back to where I came from, see how things are going on back there. So it comes back, and the word says it finds that host clean, swept, put in order, and some translations say empty, unoccupied. So that person has not committed their life to the process of freedom, right? So that thing goes away and gets seven of its ugliest friends and comes back to occupy. Now, this is how I've seen this happen on a regular basis. Somebody comes into the house of God and they experience a moment of freedom and they think, I'm good. I'm good. And then something happens and they get taken out of the house of God. Now at that point, they're completely isolated from all of these awesome people that have been surrounding them, encouraging them, you can do this. You don't have to go back to that addiction. You don't have to go back to that abusive person in your life. You don't have to go back to that way of life. You're free. They don't have those voices in their life anymore. They're isolated and cut off. And so when that thing comes back with its seven deadly friends, their life is trapped by it. And their life is worse than it ever was before. So here's where the good stuff happens. There is a house of God. There is a group of people who can encourage you to stay free, to be committed to the freedom of Jesus Christ in your life, right? So I just want to encourage you with two things. Never forget this, that freedom is more than a moment. It's a process that you have to be committed to for the rest of your life. And if you find freedom in the house of God, then stay where God has planted you. Amen? Thank you, guys. Amen. Hey, can we give it up again for all of our speakers today? Weren't they awesome this morning? Yeah. You guys are fantastic. You know, I love everything that each one of these guys said this morning, and I think it's important for us uh, to have, you know, a couple of takeaways from this. I, I think what's so true, and, and a few of them said this this morning, is that, that planted people, I'm talking about people who dig in their roots, people who get planted in the house of God, they find their purpose and they find freedom in the house of God. This has been the story in my own life. This has been the story in so many of us, of people that have walked through these doors that, that get in church and just make a decision. You know what? Good times, 
hard times, I'm just going to get planted and make a decision to let myself and my family flourish through the house of God, to find purpose, to find freedom. And I think it's, it's easy, too, to get caught up a little bit in uh, how, how that happens. Is it, how, how do we do that? Is it the, the building? Is it singing the right kind of songs? Is it having the right kind of children's program? Uh, is it uh, what we do in the community? All of those are beautiful things. But I think what's so important for us to remember is that really none of those things are what truly matter when it comes to having purpose and freedom. What really matters is a real relationship with Jesus Christ. All of those things are great, but when it comes down to it, a real, I'm talking about fresh alive today, not alive a year ago, not alive five years ago, alive today. So this morning, I want to give all of us an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? I just want to pray with us this morning. Maybe you're in a spot today where you've never said yes to Jesus and and you're not sure what that relationship is like. You've heard people talk about it. Maybe you've had people invite you in before, but today's your day. You're ready to make that decision. Or maybe you've had a close relationship with him before in the past, but Today, you would say you're, you're not there, but you want to be. Or maybe you're in a spot today where you just, you're just not sure. You're just not sure where you are, but you want to be sure. This isn't saying yes to being perfect. This is saying yes to a relationship with Jesus who can change your life forever. Everything that we've done today, everything we did this past week is for this moment. So, Right now, all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed, but we just want to say, if you're in any of those spots this morning and you just want to say yes to Jesus, you've never said yes before, you were close, but you're not today, or maybe you just want to be sure, we're going to do anything to embarrass you or anything like that, but I just want to pray with you this morning. So if you're in any of those spots, would you just lift your hand and let us pray with you today? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Again, this is not saying I'm perfect, I'm going to be perfect. This is just saying yes to a God that loved you from the beginning. Anybody else want to be included in that prayer today? Just to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Beautiful. We're all going to pray this prayer together, but this is especially for those of us that lifted our hands. Let's all say, Heavenly Father, let's all say it together. Heavenly Father, forgive me. Be the Lord of my life, first in every way. Holy Spirit, fill me so I can know God and serve Him and live for Him. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give a hand to God this morning?